Hello, welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast, episode number 65. Coming to you for a second time on a Sunday night. You know, because Sunday nights are my best time to do these podcasts. I always like to try to do two on Sunday nights, so that's uh, that's where I'm at. It's Sunday night. This is the second podcast. How about that? Anyway, I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave. In this episode, I want to talk about autofocus. Autofocus cameras. And the reason I bring this up is probably over the last year, a majority of my film photography has been on manual focus cameras. I have way more manual focus cameras uh, as far as like 35 millimeter and medium format than I do have autofocus. And I, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it, but manual focus, I'm finding, I'm starting to struggle a little bit with it. And it's not too big of a deal because I don't shoot like sports or fast action. Most of my, uh, photography is, you know, still static shots or portraits or, uh, scenes or whatever. It's kind of rare that I need to like really nail focus quickly with the type of photography that I do. So probably in the last year I've been using, uh, as far as 35 millimeter, I've been using, uh, uh, I'm a Pentax guy. So if you're not a Pentax person, you may not understand any of this, but I've been using uh, the Pentax uh, M series a lot. They're very small, 35 millimeter SLRs, probably some of the smallest ever made. Uh, I've been using the ME, uh, the ME Super, so the ME is like an aperture priority camera only. The ME Super is also aperture priority, but you can also uh, override that and do manual, uh, do a manual mode on that. And then I have the Pentax MX, which is a full manual camera, much like the K1000, but has more features than a K1000. And was actually Pentax's first uh, attempt of doing kind of a professional SL, SLR. It was their first that uh, they tried to aim at the professional market before they came out with uh, the LX several years later, which the LX was their biggest stab at trying to do a pro 35 millimeter camera. Uh, but those have been the main uh, cameras I've shot with a lot. Oh, and I have a KX. The KX looks like a K1000, but if you're looking at K1000s, just look for a KX. It's Sometimes they go for cheaper than K1000s, and it's basically a K1000 with depth of field preview and uh, uh, self timer and oh a mirror up uh, option on it. So like yeah, it's a K1000 pretty much mechanically in every way, but it has more features. And because people don't often know about the KX, sometimes it sells for cheaper than a K1000. So yeah, those have been my cameras I've used the most in the last year and the thing about the M series the ME, ME Super, MX they have probably the largest viewfinders that's ever been manufactured on uh, 35mm SLR cameras like the viewfinder is huge on them and you look in there and you're like wow it's, that's, it's really nice but even on those I find I'm having a little, I'm struggling a little bit with manual focus. 
and it's taken me a little longer to achieve focus than I'd like and so I'm you know trying to really make sure that I've got the focus right and it's good that my photography seems to be slower paced the type of photos I take but today I was taking some photos of my sons on the Pentax ME and they were getting a little impatient with my focusing <laughs> but you know I just wanted to make sure I nailed it I want to make sure I had you know the eyes if nothing else in focus because I was using some a little bit you know uh, larger apertures so I definitely want to make if nothing else their eyes in focus but I struggled a little bit with it so also a couple of months ago I pulled out one of my autofocus Pentax cameras I have two I really only have two SLRs that are autofocus um, I mean I have point-and-shoots you know compact cameras that are autofocus but I have two decent SLRs that are autofocus I have the Pentax SF1N is from the 80s which was kind of Pentax's flagship at the time and it's it's kind of huge and plasticky and it looks like it looks like the 80s you know um, the buttons it has like push buttons instead of dials like a I don't know like a digital watch or something but <laughs> it's very but it you know even though it's made out of plastic it, it feels like it's built like a tank it's heavy and it's kind of big and bulky but it feels good in the hands but I really enjoyed shooting it and you know the autofocus is this is I guess they were probably mid to late 80s when those came out and it's no match for the digital plastic computer DSLRs that are out now but uh, you know the autofocus was plenty quick for the type of photography I do and so I really kind of enjoyed it and even when you go to manual focus on it uh, if you want to really get you know do it manually uh, you know, it has a focus confirmation that'll beep when you get it in focus, when you, even when you're manually focusing. So I really kind of enjoyed it. And then my other autofocus camera is from the 90s, another Pentax, the PZ-1P, which was Pentax's flagship of the 90s. And it's a big plasticky camera, but really well built. It was probably... Uh, Pentax wasn't really trying to make pro cameras in 35mm at that point, but this would be the closest thing considered to a professional 35mm camera from Pentax in the 90s. Because uh, Pentax at that point had decided that uh, as far as professional cameras, that they were they felt like medium format was professional. So all their pro cameras were medium format and they so that's where they con concentrated on their professional market was in medium format but but this was their best stab in the 90s i guess of a pro camera i guess the pz1p and it's an awesome camera and it feels great feels really well made again it's plastic because that's what started happening in the 80s and 90s plastic bodied cameras and but the specs on it are great like you know the shutter speed goes up to like one eight thousandth or something like that like yeah it's it's really nicely specced out and tons of options and it's just it's probably the it, the most advanced i'd ever want to have on a camera because it starts getting into the digital slr territory of having uh maybe too many options at times uh, which can be kind of bewildering but again it I've really enjoyed using it 
because the autofocus is a little faster and better than the SF-1N that I have from the 80s. Uh, but one thing I like about both these cameras is the autofocus is like on the center point of like of the of your viewfinder like you know it has that little circle or bracket in the middle and you lock the autofocus on whatever you want to focus on and then if you have to reframe you just hold the hold the shutter button down halfway until you get the composition you want but I kind of prefer that way of autofocus like you just get the center point on what you actually want in focus halfway press the shutter button it locks it then you can keep that shutter button halfway held down and adjust your composition however you want because that way you know exactly what you're focused on uh, a lot of these cameras that have all these multiple autofocus points I don't know if I like it because it might decide what it's focusing on is not what I want I kind of like just pick a, picking my focusing point and having that little center focus just seems easier way to work for me and a faster way to work it's a lot like the Olympus stylus epic does the same thing where you you know you focus on that central point and then move it around to however you need to adjust the composition with the shutter button kind of held down and a lot of point shoots do the same thing but it's just an it's an easy way to uh, make sure you're focused on what you actually want to be focused on and um, so yeah I just kind of really been enjoying these autofocus cameras even though they are plastic fantastic so yeah these are you know they're not the coolest looking cameras on the block the well, I, I actually the sf1n is uh so 80s it's kind of cool um in its own right just because you know the 80s are are hip right i mean the 80s was a good time i guess i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but but the PZ-1P, it's a black plastic blob, you know. No more uh, endearing than the black plastic blobs that we have for digital SLRs these days. Uh, and, you know, these... By the way, I've got to stop saying you know. I'm so tired of saying you know. I listen to these podcasts and I keep saying you know, you know, you know. I don't know how I'm going to stop it, but uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Just saying. Uh, but the, yeah, the millennials, thank God, they have uh, been a big part of this film renaissance. And they are big time into all these old metal manual focused cameras. And we all enjoy those. They're beautiful. And they just keep working. And they're workhorses. But I'm getting a little old. <laughs> like I mentioned in the last podcast. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, my eyesight is not what it once was. And I'm realizing that I think that's why I'm struggling with these manual focus cameras a little bit. Mike, your, uh, your eyes, uh, not quite what they used to be. And I think that's why autofocus <laughs> has been fun for me because I don't have to constantly question, am I seeing this correctly? Am I not? Like last year, I, uh, you know, I have no problem admitting my age. I, I'm 46, and last year I had to get bifocals for the first time. <laughs> and I resisted it for several years before that because I thought that was like the telltale sign that you're getting old is once you go to bifocals, it's official, you know, it's you're old. But but I got the no-line bifocals, right? You can't tell. You can't tell I'm wearing bifocals. Yeah, I'm still cool. 
I'm still hip. I'm still young, right? But no, uh, I'm having a little trouble using these manual focus cameras. Uh, and I, I it, whether I take my glasses off or leave my glasses on, still struggle with it more than I used to. So, this is where the autofocus cameras have... That's probably why I've had such a good time with them. Because I'm not struggling as much. Again, it doesn't really matter. I, the type of photography I take, time is not usually of the essence. And I'm not shooting sports photos. Uh, I can see where it gets hurt in like street photography, though, when you're trying to capture the decisive moment. Uh, where I'm at with my speed on manual focus cameras, I'm pretty sure I would miss that moment because I would still be, <laughs> still be focusing. So maybe I should keep that in mind and take an autofocus camera for that type of thing. The bad thing is, is the autofocus cameras, let's face it, they don't look as cool because they're, they're definitely have entered the realm of the plastic blob, plastic fantastic SLRs at that point, by the time autofocus really came in and was uh, decent or whatever. Now, granted, I do love using my old metal manual cameras and I'll continue to, but it's definitely going to be a situation where I've got time because... Not as, uh, not as, the old eyes aren't as good as they used to be, but that's fine. You know, that's made, that's a good reason why I have these autofocus cameras and I'm probably going to start using them a whole lot more, even though I won't look as cool, uh, carrying around the plastic cameras as the old vintage metal cameras. But then again, I'm getting too old to probably look cool anymore anyway, so maybe I should just embrace being the old guy and just stop trying to be cool <laughs> all right wow that was a uh, that was a very um, self-deprecating episode but you know what it's all gonna it happens to us all you're gonna get old one of these days too you millennials with your cool metal cameras manual focus cameras you guys you're gonna get there all right, that's the end of this episode of the Negative Pauses Podcast. You can see my photography on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photo, on Instagram at Gutterman Photography. Oh, hold on, Instagram at Gutterman Photo. You can email me at guttermanphoto at gmail.com. Everyone stay positive, take some cool film photos. I'll see you soon. <laughs>